Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. So I had a bit of a tough week actually preparing for this. I've never done two in a row, let alone three in a row. And normally I I get to speak here about once a year. So um, your prayers for me and I was having a poor me kind of thing. Um, and feeling inadequate and, uh, and all those things and had a wee bit of a cry. <laughs> How bad is that? <laughs> but it's good to be here tonight because I'm here with friends, right? Because <laughs> friends are really important, right? So when we're talking about, I'm talking tonight about friendship and uh, somebody said to me, I'm going to get, I'm stuffing, I'm, sorry Bex if I stuff this up. Um, so the thing I'm, last two weeks I've spoken about has been boundaries. And somebody said, um, is, are you going to speak about boundaries again? And I said, no, it's enough. Yes. <laughs> it was subtle. See, some of them got it. I actually kind of didn't quite get it the first time you said it to me either. So, um, but I am going to be speaking, actually, part three about boundaries. But tonight I'm speaking about boundaries and friendship. Um, so, friendship. What makes a good friend? Loyalty. Someone who listens. Faithfulness. Honesty. Laughs at your jokes. I'll go shopping with you. Unconditional love, compassionate, builds you up, tells you the truth, wants the best for you. Oh, eye contact. Yeah, that's a big one for me too. Um, Respects your boundaries. (laughs) Have you been there for part one and two? It's got to be fun, laughter, mutual drawing together of two people, right? It's an attachment. So tonight I'm, I'm kind of talking about the kind of attachment that we have with people that we choose, uh, not necessarily people that uh, we work alongside or do ministry together with, but people who really are our friends. Do you have friends? Who are your friends? The saddest people on the earth are the people who get to the end of their life and they're not known by anybody. People don't really know who they are. They're not known or truly loved. Now, we had an excellent event here yesterday. Yesterday? Is it yesterday? It feels like a week ago. Um, Under the guidance of the amazing Lydia Ainsworth. And uh, we had a, a, a young woman's brunch, which was called Known. And uh, it, was, it was quite amazing. We had a guest speaker uh, come along and a, a lot of what she was saying was kind of the, along the lines of what I wanted to talk about really tonight. So some of it you might, you know, think, oh, I've heard that yesterday. <laughs> um, Bonnie Weary uh, was a palliative care nurse in Australia and she was someone who spent a lot of time with people as they were dying. And as she would listen to their stories, uh, she came upon 
probably 10 things that were common to everybody as they were dying. And uh, yeah, this is the top five. I wish that I'd let myself be happier. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life that others expected of me. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. And number five, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. So when we get to the end of our life, there's some of the things that perhaps we're going to be reflecting on, and they're not the areas that you want to regret. We're designed to be in relationship. We're created for it. We're made for it. And in Proverbs 27, it says, Sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts with joy. For good friends are like the anointing oil that yields the fragrant incense of God's presence. A lot of us struggle with feelings, though, along the lines of, am I likeable? Am I lovable? Will I be accepted? Do I belong? Do I fit in? Am I okay? Even at my age, people still struggle with that many times. And sometimes to fit in and to please people, we try and adjust our personality. And we try to be somebody or something that we're not. We can wear masks that hide who we really are because we think that by wearing a mask that we're actually uh, making ourselves more acceptable to the, to the people that we want to please. But the problem with that is then people don't really get to know the real you. They only get to see a version of you, not the real you. We don't want to show ourselves because we don't want to be misunderstood. We don't want to be judged. We don't want to make ourselves that vulnerable sometimes, do we? It can be quite scary. But we want to be, at the same time, we want to be loved for who we really are. So when we get backed into a corner, we can overpromise on our friendships. Ever done that? We can overplease. So we make promises we can't deliver on. We exceed what we're actually able, capable of emotionally. And then we uh, get ourselves into trouble because we back ourselves into this, this corner and we end up in friendships with bitterness and resentment. And we tend to relate to people out of obligation rather than genuine, I can't wait to see that person. Ever found yourself in that position with people? Can you recognise yourself in any of this? And how do you have healthy relationships? Ones that will go the distance. Who is it that you would call in the middle of the night and know that they would drop everything and come to you? Have you got someone like that? Good questions to ask, and who would be that person? Have you felt, ever felt that someone doesn't respect what you say? They push over any requests or suggestions to the point you feel ignored or unappreciated. Perhaps they don't listen, or you don't feel heard. 
and how do you deal with that? So we're going to start with praying. Father, I know that there are people in here tonight who definitely need to hear about a different kind of relationship. A relationship with healthy boundaries. And about a relationship with you. And Lord, as I speak, I just pray that there would be freedom would come and there would be hope restored in relationships that have perhaps soured. And with new insights and new tools, Lord, that you would just reveal yourself in this room tonight. In Jesus' name. So what are boundaries? Boundaries are designed to protect and honour the things that are important to us, right? We're separate people, but we're all connected. Boundaries are like a fence with a gate. So things People can come in and go out again. And boundaries are to keep the good stuff in and the bad stuff out. And it's where another person finishes and we begin. So we need to value ourselves. Whatever it is that we value, we protect. If you've ever had a brand new phone, what do you do with it? I've just recently had a new car, got a new car after somebody crashed into it. And it's been amazing because, like, I was just driving here tonight and thinking, oh, wow. Like, the first week, I was just, like, driving so carefully because I was so scared that I was going to ding it. Um, or somebody was going to run into me. So I, it was of something of high value for me. But the thing is, you know, when we don't have good boundaries... Um, we can get into trouble. And like everybody knows it. Every relationship, there's conflict, right? Who knows that there's conflict in every relationship or potential conflict? And how we navigate through that conflict is a real art form. And it's, a, and it's, a, um, it's something worth investing in to learn some things. So I want to I want to tell you a wee bit of a story about me and my childhood. It's pretty funny. My sister's here tonight for the first time on a Sunday night, probably. Um, but anyway, she probably will know who I'm talking about, which is slightly awkward. But um, <laughs> so I, when when I was like six, we moved into a new house. And uh, into a new neighbourhood, and it was down a back back drive, back, back section. So there was not um, a lot of life around the place. And uh, next door there was a there was a little girl. And the first day I met her, she said to me, "Oh, it's my birthday on Saturday. I'm so excited. Would you please come to the party?" So Laura, which is not her real name. <laughs> Uh, invited me to her birthday party on the following Saturday. So I was, the whole week I was really looking forward to it. I was really excited. I got a present for her, put my party dress on. And on Saturday, at the time that she'd said, I went and knocked on the door and her mum answered the door for the party. And she says, oh, hello, Catherine, what are you doing here? And I said, I've come for Laura's birthday party. And she says, but it's not Laura's birthday. And 
I go, but she invited me to the party. <laughs> so there was no party. So I turn up for this birthday party. No party. Take, go home. Take my party dress off. Put the present back. <laughs> saved it up. It was really sad. <laughs> I was so disappointed. Um, but that was kind of the beginning of some boundary issues that I had with this girl. The next example of a boundary issue around this. So I, I learned a lot about boundaries from this girl because of the things that didn't go so well. Um, so the next thing, we're about 10 or 11. Her parents are at work and uh, she says, oh, come over to my house and uh, I, I want to show you something. So I'm going like, okay, cool. So I go over to her house and she says, oh, come into my parents' bedroom. And I'm going like, I'm not allowed in my parents' bedroom. Why are we going into your parents' bedroom? So I'm immediately uncomfortable. And then we go into her parents' bedroom and uh, she opens up the wardrobe and there, hidden in the bottom of the wardrobe, are Playboy magazines. And we looked at the Playboy magazines. Now, for those of you who don't know what Playboy magazine is, it's early porn. <laughs> okay, so I was 11 years old and I'm going like, oh, what? What is that? <laughs> and it was quite shocking. And I felt a lot of guilt and shame because I knew I wasn't meant to be in there. I was only 11. I was in her parents' bedroom and I didn't feel like I could say no to her because she was kind of like my only friend in the area and she was older than me, so I just felt like okay, I'm going to have to go along with that. That actually was the beginning of quite, a, quite an issue for me. And we talk all the time about porn being a guy's issue, but it can be also a female issue. And it took me quite a long time to get my head in a much better place. Later, we were teenagers, and my room was at the back of the garage. So all my clothes were there. And sometimes I would go to youth group or get dressed or go to, go, go to get dressed, and my clothes were missing. And then I'd go to youth group, and she would have the outfit on that I was wanting to wear. And it's like, what? What? You've got, my, you've got my jacket on. What are you doing with my jacket on? She says, oh, I, I just didn't have anything to wear, so I came and borrowed it without asking. All right? So later, even still, started dating, and she started spreading all these rumours about me. And instead of confronting her like I should have, I just, like, didn't say anything because I didn't know what to say. Ever been in that situation? We are in this really awkward situation and you don't know what to say. And I didn't want to say no to her because I wanted to be nice and I was trying to avoid having to say no because, you know, no is one of the best boundary words, right? So I didn't want to tell her the truth because I didn't want to be rejected and I didn't want to lose the friendship. So instead of trying to develop some better boundaries, I just went along with it. And it wasn't until much later that I learned some other boundary issues. 
Some of that was me, and some of that was also my family culture. Because we tended to avoid talking about difficult subjects. This spilled over also into my working life, and it put me in a position where, because I wasn't really good at saying no, I was easily a target for uh, hmm. <laughs> predators. Good word. Uh, and when the predator is someone that you work for, it's very difficult to push back. And when that inappropriate behaviour is happening, it's very difficult then to say uh, no, because you want to keep your job, and you kind of, it's kind of embarrassing, right? I felt powerless to say no in that moment. Obviously, there are boundary issues for me, and you might find yourself in some of those examples and... I've kind of wrestled about sharing some of that stuff because I thought, well, that's kind of self-disclosure. But I feel that there's people who are here tonight who have had similar issues in some of these, in some of these areas. And God is wanting to bring some freedom and some healing to you in these areas tonight. In Christian circles, we're often told we just have to forgive people and love them and that to have a boundary is unbiblical, mean or selfish. But it's not true. Even Jesus had boundaries with his friends. So I want to read from Luke 5. And it says, One day in one of the villages... There was a man covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him in prayer and said, If you want to, you can cleanse me. Jesus put out his hand, touched him and said, I want to, be clean. Then and there, his skin was smooth and leprosy gone. But listen to this. Jesus instructed him, Don't talk about this all over town. There's a good boundary there, right? But did his friend respect him? You know, you would think that this guy who's been an outcast because he's been a leper would have some respect for the person who healed him, right? But no. It says, just, Jesus says, don't talk about this all around town. Just quietly present your healed self to the priest along with the offering ordered by Moses. Your cleansed and obedient life, not your words, will bear the witness to what I have done. But the man couldn't keep it to himself. And the word got out. And soon there was a large crowd of people who had gathered to listen and be healed of their ailments. Next verse. As often as possible, Jesus withdrew to out-of-the-way places for prayer. My favourite introvert. <laughs> so even in the midst of this situation where he's doing something amazing for someone, even, even as, you know, as, as the son of God, this person could not respect his boundaries. So it's a, obviously a big issue for a lot of us. I had to learn myself what is healthy boundaries, especially with friends, and I needed some other input. And over the years, it's been a blessing to have read a number of books, to have gone to a number of courses, 
Uh, I'd really highly recommend a course called Living Wisdom by Dave Riddell. Uh, that's kind of one version of it. There's another version of it called Soul Tour, um, where he talks and teaches about healthy boundaries and good relationships. Really recommend that. Uh, and the Bible. And then have friends speak into your life. In Proverbs, it says, if you choose to follow good counsel, divine design will watch over you and understanding will protect you from making poor choices. You can trust a friend who wounds you with his honesty, but your enemy's pretended flattery comes from insincerity. So actually, a, a real friend will tell you the truth. And I had a situation in my, uh, in my earlier years where I was going down a bit of a track that was not so great. And I had a friend who came and told me the truth. Ashley, they come to this church now. <laughs> uh, and she took me and she aside and she said, look, I know it's probably not cool for me to say this and probably not, you know, you might not even like me for saying this, but I, I, I really think that the, the path that you're on is actually going to take you a really bad place and I really think you should stop what you're doing and really stop going that direction man I was so hurt and why was I hurt because I was so disappointed because she was right now she didn't say it in a hurtful or judging kind of way she said it in a really loving way it was a great, great thing, and I'm, I'm really grateful, actually, to her for that. But to have boundaries, we've got to be able to communicate them clearly. And a boundary is not communicated as a boundary that's not working. We need to make clear what we do or do not want, what we will or won't tolerate in relationships. So what are your expectations in a relationship? What is the other person's expectations? Because you don't set expectations in a vacuum, okay? It's got to work for both people. And other people not respecting your boundaries, like with this leper, is actually a character issue. So beware of the people who override your boundaries because they're probably long-term not going to be really good friends. They're not going to do you any favours and you're probably going to end up quite hurt unless they can learn how to respect your boundaries. God put a boundary in the Garden of Eden about not touching the tree of good and evil, which was about life and death. And the consequences were separation. But God didn't leave it there because God's whole thing is that he wants to have relationship with us. So he went and he was looking for Adam and Eve because they, they, they knew that they had been told this is the boundary. They knew they'd crossed it. And so, so they were guilty and ashamed. And so what did they do? They hid. But what did God do? Adam, Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? Adam. He came and he pursued him and he looked for him and he chased him down because he longs to be in relationship with us. Maybe you've had a friend like Laura <laughs> or perhaps you've been Laura. Sorry for any of the Lauras in the house. <laughs> what kind of friend are you? 
And what kind of friends do you have? Are you guilty of crossing boundaries in the area of honesty and confidentiality? Are you someone who people can rely on to keep confidence? The Bible has some good boundaries in this. By the way, if you're looking for some more wisdom about life, if I can really recommend um, the Bible translation, the, the Passion Translation of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. If you are wanting some day-to-day wisdom for your life, I recommend, and what, and what I did for years and years and years and years, is every day I would read one chapter of Proverbs. There's, tw- there's 31 chapters, so you can just start reading and read. Am I boring you, Russell? <laughs> Um, you start reading, and uh, there's, there's so much wisdom in there. In Proverbs 11, it says, You can't trust gossipers with a secret. They'll just go blab it all. Put your confidence instead in a trusted friend, for he will be faithful to keep it in confidence. And then Proverbs again, A twisted person spreads rumours. A whispering gossip ruins good friendships. I think most of us have had an experience where somebody has gossiped about us and it's ruined the friendship and it's been hard then to restore that trust. But how do we go about, you know, identifying other lies in our relationships? (laughs) I had another friend that I was always calling. I was always pursuing them. And when I would call them and say, hey, let's catch up. Yeah, yeah, let's catch up. And you know, they said that they were committed to the friendship, but, uh, but over a period of time, I realised that I was the only one calling and they never called me. So if I didn't pursue them, we never actually got together. We ever, never actually got together. And so I would never see them. I was putting more effort into the relationship than they were. So it became an imbalance in the relationship. Fear of losing the relationship... Uh, drove me to keep pursuing that for a time until I realised, like, no, I value myself more than that. I respect myself more than that. If they can't meet me at least halfway, then they're actually not my friend. And as sad and as disappointing that is, and sometimes we have to face that. Sometimes we can challenge people and say, hey, um, are you turning up to this friendship or is it just me? In a nicer way, perhaps. <laughs> Sometimes if I say, no, I'm, I might lose a friendship. But what kind of friendship is it? Best thing I did was lose my friendship with Laura. It was toxic, unhealthy, and inauthentic. So how do we have clear boundaries? Number one... We need to value ourselves. You are valuable. You are worthy of love. You are worthy of respect. You are worthy of belonging. I want you to tell the person sitting next to you, you are valuable. Two, Communicate and balance the expectations of the friendship. Expectations can be renegotiated because sometimes friendships change. And then, you know, things 
shake up. I mean, I know um, when I uh, came back from Holland, before I went to Holland, I lived in Holland for five years. Before I went to Holland, I had a whole bunch of friends. And then when I came back, I came back with Gideon. (laughs) Score. (laughs) But the thing is, is that Gideon and I together was not the same as me alone with my friends. And then all of a sudden... (laughs) I'm not going to think about that too much. (laughs) But the thing is, is that um, the friendship that I had before I went away as a single person was not the friendship that I had as a married person. And I found all of a sudden I was having to renegotiate my friendships because different boundaries, different expectations... Actually, a lot of them already, my friends, by the time I came back, I was still single at the ripe old age of 26. (laughs) And most of them were already married with kids. And so it was like having to renegotiate that kind of boundary there with them. You know, I could no longer go and hang out till two o'clock in the morning with them because they had babies to feed. (laughs) Number three, learn to negotiate. It's your needs versus their needs. What do you need in the relationship and what do they need? It's both and. Number four, do you have a boundary or have you built a wall? Because when you, when you can't have a good, clear boundary, people tend to build walls. Are you hiding behind a wall or has someone built a wall to keep you out? You might like to ask yourself, Why have I been walled out? Or you might need to actually be really, really brave and ask the person, why have I been walled out? Number five, there needs to be a balance of power. So I'm accountable to my friend, but I'm not responsible for. I'm accountable to, but not responsible for. Number six, Pretend agreements. So a pretend agreement is like someone continually apologising for being late, but they never change their behaviour. So that's a pretend agreement, right? Are you in a pretend agreement with someone in your friendships? And number seven... Be specific about behaviour you want more of or less of. So in other words, what's the person doing that you love and you'd like to see more of? Because it's actually better to say, hey, I love it when you do that, rather than I hate it when you do that. If we can emphasise the stuff that we really like, then we can minimise the things that we don't like. Be firm and kind. (laughs) Yeah, I have to still work on this one. Sorry, guys. I can be quite good at being firm, but I'm not always that good at being kind in the heat of the moment. So uh, some work to do there. But we need to um, keep our love on, you know, and let go of our need to be right. And some of you here who really need to hear that, Is your need to be right got a higher priority 
than loving the person. And number nine, respect others' boundaries. So if other people have put boundaries up, then you need to respect them. I have this with uh, some of my family, and I have it because I didn't respect their boundaries. And uh, social media is an awesome thing, right? Hey, love to connect. <laughs> that was... <laughs> That was my little Instagram motto. <laughs> but I love to connect so much that I overrode my children's boundaries because I love to connect so much that I thought, wow, I'm on social media. Oh, I can comment on that. I can say, wow, that's so cool. Hey, great. I love to connect with you. Yeah. And one by one, they blocked me. Oh, and I've, I've, I've tried to win back their trust by not commenting, but only liking on occasion, even not as much as I'd really, really like to, <laughs> and staying off Snapchat, <laughs> and, and uh, a few other things like that. So, you know, have some of your friends actually put up boundaries that you've not respected. We have to respect each other's boundaries. And number 10, you are the one responsible for your actions and your responses. So we don't do the blame shift game, okay? We have to own our responses. We have to own what our boundaries are. We have to own our reactions. It's so easy to dislike yourself. Well, he made me do that. Or she was so flippin' annoying. Of course I was going to react like that. What did you think? Totally justified. I read a um, really interesting article last week, and it was about uh, the narcissist temperament. <laughs> and uh, narcissism is... Um, it's actually a diagnosed mental illness in its full extent, but narcissism in its, you know, less clinical sense is kind of you're the most important person in your world in a really unhealthy way to the extent that other people don't really matter that much. And uh, it talks about the narcissist response to being challenged. And they talk about it being jade. You, you <laughs> jade stands for... And you, 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 if I tell you this, you'll, you'll recognise it in, in some of the people around you. So when they're challenged, a narcissist will justify, they'll argue or attack. They will defend and what's the like? Explain. Explain their actions. Okay? So do you know someone who always does that? Whatever. The, <laughs> I see that hand. I see that hand. Um, so, there are 10 little things. This is such an extensive topic. I mean, it could go on and on about it for ages, but I think the upshot of, of, of these boundary issues with friendships, with relationships, is that, you know, to be a friend, we've got to actually pursue godly character. 
faithfulness, loyalty, honesty, steadfastness, self-control, loving one another with a pure heart. Being in relationship with Christ, being connected with God, gives us the grace to have the ability to hang in with all of our relationships and loving beyond our own capacity. Proverbs, again, I love Proverbs. Proverbs and James are my two favourite books in the Bible. Love overlooks the mistakes of others, but dwelling on the failures of others devastates friendships. In, in Dutch, they have uh, an, a, a saying which says, uh, blindstader. Any Dutch speakers in here in the house? Blindstader. So you stare yourself blind at somebody's failures. Ever done that? Have you ever so got so irritated, annoyed by their failures that you can't actually see past their failures and the, the negative things in their life? You can't actually see any more the good things and why you like them in the first place. So it says right here in the Bible, it's, it's, it's great. It devastates friendships. And then again, a dear friend will love you no matter what. And a family sticks together through all kinds of trouble. And God wants us to be reconciled to each other and to Him. In 2 Corinthians, it says, Now we look inside and what we see is that anyone united with God gets a fresh start. We have the opportunity for a fresh start even when our relationships look like they're down the toilet. And there's people in here tonight who have lost hope for their relationships. And God is wanting to say to you, there is a fresh start available for you tonight. The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. Look at it, all this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. So it's actually something that God desires for us that we settle our relationships with him and with one another. And maybe tonight you've crossed a boundary and you're feeling really, really bad about it. Perhaps you gave your yes, but it became a no. Or perhaps you gave what Brené Brown describes as a dirty yes. A dirty yes is when we say yes in the moment or yes to the person's face. And as soon as we turn away, we say, uh-uh, no. It's a dirty yes. Maybe you feel there's no way back for you. Maybe you feel cut off from God. God wants to heal you and be reconciled with you now. Perhaps there are friendships that you're really struggling with tonight. Maybe you've been really disappointed, really let down, and people have treated you really badly. Or maybe you're feeling really, really bad because 
you've actually treated somebody really badly. You've stuffed up. You've cut someone out or cut them off. Or they've cut you out or cut you off. And we see here that God is wanting us to be in great relationships with people around us because it actually is good for us. It's good for our health. Some of the medical statistics about people dying alone is quite scary. People who are alone and disenfranchised from family and full of bitterness and upset at disappointed relationships makes them physically sick. If you have a broken relationship with a friend or someone you've really cared about in the past, can I encourage you, take a step towards them. And for some of you, that's going to be really, really hard because I know that there's people in here tonight who've been quite devastated by broken friendships. In 1 Corinthians, it talks about love. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle. The band can come up, actually. And consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements, nor inflates its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honour. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offence. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never, ever ever, ever gives up. And tonight, we look at the, the person who showed the biggest amount of love for the world. In John 15, it says, for the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. You can say, is this incongruent with what I've been talking about? No, it's not. Because the greatest love of all was the pure love that came from heaven. It's when Jesus died for each one of us sitting here. His love released a force in this, uniform, in this universe, which is incomparable. And there's people sitting in here tonight who've never, ever experienced that powerful love. They've never encountered God in His fullness. And yet He died for you. He died for everyone. In this room, He died for everybody. <laughs>